We uh, continue on in Mesech uh, Sukkah, the second parak, the fourth and fifth Mishnah. The fourth Mishnah begins, Mishnah Dalet HaOsa Sukkaso Ben HaIlanos. One builds his sukkah in between trees, Vailanos Stefanos La, and he uses the trees in order to serve as the walls of the sukkah, Kshera, it would be kasher shluchei mitzvah peturim in Then the Mishnah seems to take a left turn and speaks about who is exempt from the sukkah and discusses the category of shluchei mitzvah. So those who are on the way to do a mitzvah, not actually active in doing the mitzvah, but on the way to do a mitzvah, they are exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah. And then it continues, cholinu misham sheyan peturim in that people who are sick and therefore unable to be in a sukkah, as well as the people who are taking care of them, not perhaps the doctors and the nurses, but people who are attending to their needs are also exempt from the sukkah. Then it gives an additional category that uh, for those people who have snacks, that uh, you can eat and drink snacks, uh, awry, temporary food, uh, not a meal. You can eat that outside of the sukkah as well. So what is this mission talking about? The mission is talking about, in the beginning, with using the trees constituting the walls, it was concerned about the trees which would potentially be either moksa or not substantial enough in terms of tree in terms of walls so uh so first of all that uh it's only talking about a sukkah here where the trees are sturdy enough they're not uh trees that are going to blow in the wind they're they're strong oaks perhaps uh, so therefore they're not going to be uh swayed and then any space in between the trees and the rest of the walls would have to have additional fillers in that partition straw stubble rocks whatever else it would happen to be uh in order to make sure that it would be able to sustain itself against normal winds. Then, then the Mishnah again takes that turn and speaks about those who are exempt from the sukkah. And there are many different ideas uh, that are involved over here. But shluch mitzvah, those who are involved in about to do a mitzvah or on their way to do a mitzvah, they're patr from a sukkah, uh, invoking the concept of osik uh, mitzvah patr mina mitzvah, that one who's involved in one mitzvah is exempt potentially from another mitzvah. And it's an interesting sugi that I would encourage all of you to look into. Um, then again, cholun misham sheyan, that the, the people who are sick uh, and the people uh, who are servicing them, the people who are taking care of them, they're also exempt from the sukkah. Um, and therefore, because Teshu came to Duru, that uh, you would live in your sukkah the way you would normally live. So therefore, if you're not in comfort at home, you would you know, be put in a place that would have more comfort. So similarly so, a chola wouldn't be able to be as comfortable as, as taking care of as they would be uh, outside of the sukkah. And then the Mishnah concludes with uh, that uh, eating and drinking temporary uh, drink and food would be permissible outside of the sukkah. Um, there's a concept within the Rambam who says that you should drink and eat perhaps everything within the sukkah, not chiyuvis, not that it's obligatory, but rather it's praiseworthy uh, to do so. So that's uh, you know a, a very brief outline of, of many, many deep and, and important foundational concepts that are discussed in Mishnah Dalad, Mishnah 4, continuing with Mishnah Hey, Mishnah 5, Masev Evil, Old Rabban Yochanan, Ben Zakali, Thomas Atavshel. So it happened to be that they brought a uh, cooked dish to Rabban Yochanan, Ben Zakai in order to taste with Rabban Gamliel, Shtei Kosavos, Lishal Maim. And to Rabban Gamliel, they said, The Amru Halum Lasukha. And they said, Bring it up to the Sukha. I want to eat this. In, uh, in the sukkah. 
And but when they brought food of less than a volume of a beitz of an egg was given to Rav Tzadok, he brought it into a uh, into a napkin and he ate it outside of the sukkah and didn't make a bracha achrona afterwards. So uh, what's the purpose of teaching us this Mishnah? Originally, we see that anybody who wants to take upon themselves eating and drinking even the smallest things inside the sukkah, as was evidenced by Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai and Rav Gamliel, that that's an appropriate action and, a, and a, a, something that one could be commended for, uh, but it's not obligatory. So one who wants to be strict with themselves and understand that during sukkahs, even though my obligation is to eat meals in the sukkah, eat food in the sukkah, but a snack to taste, something like that, I, I would be exempt from the sukkah, that sukkahs is a very precious time, it's limited so everything that I can do possibly in that sukkah uh, to do in the sukkah would be, again, a praiseworthy and meritorious uh, action. And then we quote the second part of the Mishnah to Rabbi Tzadok, who specifically took the food in a cloth. Uh, he didn't wash his hands beforehand. That teaches us the concept of Tuman Tahara in regards to Truma that occurred during the second base of Mikdash. Uh, and that's a whole other uh, sugya, an Indian idea that uh, is worthwhile to look into. And yet here, apropos to our Masechta, is that he ate it outside the sukkah because this is a snack. There's no obligation to eat it in the snack. And then the Mishnah continues with the final teaching that it teaches us, which is that he didn't make a bracha achrona afterwards. That a bracha achrona, we know v'achalta v'savata, that, uh, that one needs to be satiated, to be at least biblically obligated in the concept of benching or a bracha achrona, um, and here he says there's no way somebody could be satiated with pachos uh, mikabetza with less than the volume of an egg. That's not considered a meal. How can you be satiated just from a snack? Uh, so that uh, that concludes the Mishnah Dalit Vehe of uh, the second parak of Sukkah.